You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcast.com. Welcome back to Watching Friends, our episode-by-episode episode guide through the hit show, Friends. I'm Ryan, and I went with the lumps. And I'm Mark. You sure have a lot of books about being a lesbian. <laughs> so, we're finally on to episode nine, uh, the one where Underdog gets away. Um, it's an interesting episode, so let's jump right in. Cool. So, we start with Rachel asking Terry at Central Park. Terry, believe it or not, is the owner of Central Park. And I'm guessing that, just like me, Mark, you'd kind of forgotten he existed. So yeah, he's in like two episodes or so. I find it a bit weird they, they drop him. Like Gunfer is like much better, right? Yeah. But, you know, having the owner come in, you know, could have added a bit more dynamic to that. Like I don't, I knew that Gunther was the manager. And obviously, even though we do see Terry occasionally, like twice, I was just like, who the hell are you? Why are you here? And where's Gunther? I was just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. if someone's in charge of Central Park, it needs to be Gunther. But we find Rachel asking Terry for a $100 advance on her wages because she wants to spend Thanksgiving with her family. And uh, needs the money. Terry, I, I, I know that I haven't worked here very long, but I was wondering, do you think it would be possible if I got a $100 advance on my salary? An advance? It's so that I can spend Thanksgiving with my family. See, every year we go skiing in Vail, and normally my father pays for my ticket, but I've sort of started this whole independent thing, you know, which is actually why I took this job. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel, sweetheart. You're a terrible, terrible waitress. <laughs> really, really awful. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm with you. Um, but, uh, but I'm trying really hard, and, and I think I'm, I'm doing better. I really do. Does anybody need coffee? Yeah, over here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> There's so much weird in this scene. Like, it, like, like, like you just told your employee they're absolutely terrible, the worst. Why are you hiring them? Especially, especially in American culture where you can fire someone easily. Yeah, why is she still there? Like, what kind of business is Terry running if he's fine to have incompetent staff around? Is it because she's an attractive woman? I was like, is it some kind of tax dodge? Like, is it some kind <laughs> no, of that's front you that, that Terry's got going on? Why would you keep awful staff? No, you, you wouldn't do it, would you? No. And it's New York. You, you're not struggling for people who want to work there. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a hundred out-of-work actors just around the <laughs> yeah. corner waiting to serve. But it's odd. I also find it odd that his logic for not giving her an advance is that she's bad at her job. So aside from the question of why does she still work there, what does it matter? She's asking for an advance. Like she's going to have to earn that back at some point. You would assume so, unless she, he's why she's just going to disappear and leave. I guess so. But then you know, all her friends go there all the time. I suppose Terry wouldn't know that because we never see him. And I guess we've got to think like a hundred dollars back in '94 was probably quite a bit of money back then. Yeah, but, I guess. But well, what's also weird is that obviously Rachel says anyone need coffee in the whole audience or the whole cafe patrons there we go what yeah. talking about say yes they need coffee and that's really weird to me because in in england when you want a refill on your drink you go and get one yes it's not you know you don't have table service in that way in the uk where you just kind of sit there and someone walk around and go more coffee like well, how, how do you keep track of that well yeah central perk is weird because obviously you have the the counter where you get your coffee but there does seem to be this kind of weird table service they kind of 
put out there with like Rachel or Joey or whoever, but they never really push it. And a lot of the time you're like, oh, they're just collecting the the old cups, which yes, you would you'd have. Um, I don't think they quite know what it is. No, oh, well, I just don't understand how it works. Like, is it you bet you buy a cup of coffee and essentially get free refills, or is the wait staff supposed to keep track of exactly how no, many cups so, you've had? So yeah, they keep, they keep track because there's been a few episodes where they come over and go, here's your bill after you know they've ordered their coffees, whatever. I don't know how they know they're about to leave. Yeah, but. yeah, I don't know. I'm a tea drinker, so to me, you know, I need to go and get it every time because I need a new tea bag. Yep. So, so. You, so you're like, here's twenty behind the counter. <laughs> yeah. Just bring me tea until that runs out. Can you imagine if a coffee shop was daft enough to give me a tab for tea? Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. Uh, and then the titles roll, and uh, the episode continues. You know, continues as they naturally do with TV shows. Uh, we find Rachel asking a stranger. I'll say a stranger, a regular punter that she doesn't seem to know the name of or seem to know very well at all. But she asks him for an advance on her tips. I think that's really funny. Like, she just goes up to you, can I have my advance on the tips you're going to give me for the next year? To me, this is classic Rachel in the sense of she's grown a lot since we first met her in the first episode. But she's still very much used to getting her own way because she's this pretty girl. And, like, only someone who'd have a privileged upbringing would, would ask this of a stranger. Yeah, like you just wouldn't do it otherwise, would you? Well, you're going to spend the money on me anyway. You might as well just give it to me now, right? Like with no understanding of how people's lives work with money. Yeah, and then obviously it's come back to the bit of a culture shock for us, where Britain doesn't have a tipping culture in the same way America does. No. So I guess you'd be like, "Well, I'm going to tip her, but I'm not just going to give her a random bit of cash." But then <laughs> yeah. the reason she needs it is because her wage is probably so low. Yeah. Again, it's just confusing as a Brit to watch. Well, yeah, she. Well, yeah, hundred dollar advance. How far would that have taken her for employment? Because obviously she's probably being paid a couple of dollars an hour. So yeah, hundred dollars, you know, to 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 it might be, you know, this is many months' work. Yeah, it's a long stretch for you. Because obviously <laughs> you're meant to be paid in tips. Because I don't want to pay you a proper living wage. No, but unfortunately for Rachel, she's unsuccessful and doesn't get an advance on her tips. I did like uh, Phoebe's hair in this though. I didn't uh, really pick it, up on Phoebe's it's hair. Super interesting. Like, and I and I only found this out recently that uh, she wears a wig throughout most of the, the series. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like, I was like, her hair's great. It looks amazing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a wig. It's a wig. Because her hair's not naturally as, as long as Phoebe's. I guess if I had to pick the best hair, Phoebe does kind of have the yes. best hair. With it's, the girls, it's always interesting. She always changes it. It's always weird and funky. I love it. Fair. And then Monica walks in to deliver some news to Ross uh, about the fact that her parents are going to Puerto Rico. I say her parents, their parents are going to Puerto Rico for the weekend. And one thing I spotted in this bit is Ross is reading the magazine and it's Anthropology Weekly, yeah. which just made me chuckle because how much changes on a weekly basis that you need a weekly <laughs> magazine? And clearly it's something that like producers of the set have mocked up. Yep. So I've never heard of this magazine. I've tried to find it. It doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Um, I just found it really, really funny. It's like, hmm, Ross is a science guy. Let's give him a science magazine to read. That is weekly. That is weekly. That, like, that's really deeply specific yeah. about the past. Yeah, it's just like, well, how much new information do you get on a weekly basis? Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just made me chuckle. Um, it's just a little side thing, I guess a sight gag that I noticed and I enjoyed it. Um, Ross does not take the news of a parentless Thanksgiving well, though, and runs off to call his mum. Yeah, which is... It's very British, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, they're in their 20s. He's, he's married, divorced, got a kid on the way, and he's upset about his parents going off and doing something else. Like, okay, for us, we don't have Thanksgiving, so maybe it's this, like, super meaningful thing for families. But then you'd be like, well, at Christmas, you normally spend every Christmas with your family. Not once you've got, you know, a kid and yes. you're a grown-up. Yeah. Like, just, you've got your own life to, to be living. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe this is a cultural thing and Thanksgiving is, like, super-duper important. 
at the same time, like if your parents were like, "Hey, we're not going to be here for Christmas," you'd be like, "Leave me my presents. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Like, oh, my gift's still around. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. Yeah, I don't need to see you. I can, uh, you know, get my McDonald's in the morning <laughs> myself." And then Joey joined us in Central Park and uh, sits on his chair. And uh, we've got a clip coming up. Hey, 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 hey! And this from the Cry for Help department. Are you wearing makeup? <laughs> Yes, I am. As of today, I am officially Joey Tribbiani, actor slash model. Thank you. That's so funny because I was thinking you look more like Joey Tribbiani, man slash woman. I mean, is this one of those moments that triggered the the woke crowd of today? Yes, because I I think it's quite funny. Just 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 the the tone from Chandler. Yeah, I mean, it's Chandler delivery is always fantastic yes. when Chandler drops a joke. To be fair, um, well, I felt really daft watching this clip because it didn't occur to me until probably a good five minutes after this scene that the reason Joey had the makeup on was because he'd just come from the job yep. and hadn't taken it off. I assumed that Joey had applied it in the morning himself because he had a job. And I was like, that would have been a really funny scene to watch. And then as I thought that was like, you're an idiot. It was because he did it at the job. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, you know, he's he's got the makeup on and we've just come from the episode where everyone thinks Chandler's gay because he's got equality. But wearing makeup doesn't make you gay. It makes you a woman. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> in this world. <laughs> Which is funny because I like quite like the weird disconnect between the fact that we're watching a TV show, so every single one of the actors has makeup on. Yep. So Joey's makeup is ridiculously overstated. Yep. To be no, it would have to be to highlight the fact that he has makeup on and hide the fact that everyone else does too. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty funny joke, but I imagine it could be quite upsetting to uh, some people nowadays. Well, that's the thing. So you you have people now saying, like, you know, men should wear makeup and. You know, why not? If, if women do it and you, you upset a, a woman doing it, why don't you do it? And it's like, it's still not quite acceptable for a man to wear makeup. It isn't. I mean, I need to. Like, I constantly ask the people in Lush, what can <laughs> I get for the bags under my eyes? And they always say the same response, which is drink more water and get more sleep. And I'm like, no, I'm here because they aren't an option. Here, here's my money. Like, <laughs> like, like what, do you, what, what is she wearing? <laughs> why isn't there a product for this? So, yeah. you know, I could, could be, I could be convinced to wear some concealer, I think, to make me look more awake. And I think certain men probably do wear some subtle makeup and you're just so unaware of it. But it's, it's a skill at the same time, right? Yeah. And I think for most men, it's an effort thing more than a, like, would I get judged? Like, who yes. who cares? Like, I've got long hair, and it's a chore looking after that sometimes. So the idea of then having to do that in the morning and also fix my face, it's just no thank you. Because I'm sure you've had a lot of men come up behind you thinking that you're a woman with your hair. Yes. I remember one occasion I was on a bus, and uh, I'm sat near the back, and this guy's going, hey, girl, hey, girl. Hey girl, over and over again. And I'm just sat there thinking, oh my God, will she answer him already? And then I get a tap on the shoulder. And I had like a full on muscus tear mustache back then. And I uh, turned around and this guy's going, <laughs> like, just this like shocked alarm at realizing that the, the woman he'd been talking to for five minutes had been ignored by was in fact me. And I was like, man, it was very funny. Well, lucky he's not checking out your ass going, mmm. Yeah. <laughs> it happened at the time when I worked uh, for the Disney company and would be at the till. People would be so used to seeing women in the store, they'd just say to the children, go and give the woman the money. And then they'd see me and go, oh, wait, sorry. And they'd be like, it happens all the time. Don't worry about it. Right. Well, you're, you're a very beautiful woman. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> but then Monica says that she's going to rescue the Thanksgiving and she'll cook dinner. And she actually tries to invite the rest of the gang. But Chandler is boycotting the Pilgrim holidays. Yeah, which we've heard before. Yeah, we get we get some more information about it later on. Yeah, as to why he doesn't like the pilgrim holidays. 
Rage, are you still thinking you're gonna make it to Vale? Absolutely. Shoop, shoop, shoop. <laughs> Only $102 to go. I thought it was $98.50. Yeah, well, it was, but I, I broke a cup. <laughs> well, I'm off to Carol's. Oh, oh, why don't we invite her? Ooh, ooh, because she's my ex-wife and will probably want to bring her ooh, ooh, lesbian life partner. <laughs> Yes, Ross still isn't on good terms with Susan. No, no, no. Uh, at the same time, like it's it's interesting looking at Phoebe going. Oh, bring Carol again. Like so, clearly there was some kind of relationship between Carol um, and Phoebe. Yeah, they clearly got on better than yeah. You know, the rest of the gang and her, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, again, this scene makes me go, "How annoying and horrible is Terry?" So not only does he refuse to give rational advance and give her rubbish pay. He also builds her for cup she breaks. I was going to bring this up and say, where, where, where is the line for dropping a cup? Like, if the customer drops it, who pays for it? Yeah. Is it Terry? Okay, fine. So at what point does, you know, Rachel have to touch the cup for it to be her fault? Yeah, like, who dropped this? Did it fall off the tray? Did you break it while you're using it? Yeah. Like, is there a tip jar in the corner? And if you break a mug, it comes out of that. What's Terry's deal? Because... This is a crappy job to have in general. Like, you know, you're doing the job to make ends meet. And if all of a sudden you're being fined for clumsy customers, I'll be like, I'm gone. Like, I, I get it as, like, a, a business owner. You'd be like, anytime your staff does something, it's costing you money. Like, oh, like, they should really pay for that. But you can't do that to your staff. No, and if, if one broken mug is eating into your kind of overheads and your profit that much, you're running the business poorly anyway. Yes. Like, if they're breaking mugs every 20 seconds, fair enough, but... Well, she is a terrible waitress, so, you know, maybe... She probably shouldn't be working there at this point if you're... I mean, in fairness to Rachel, the cups make it to her customers. They just tend to contain the wrong drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we find Russ off. Off he goes to find Carol and uh, his skull. He knocks the door only to find that Carol isn't home and it's just Susan. Wow, you guys <laughs> sure have a lot of books about being a lesbian. <laughs> You have to take a course. <laughs> Otherwise, they don't let you do it. Every every single moment of that clip is hilarious to me. Yeah, it's just great. Like, yes, why do they have lots of books about being gay? Yeah, I just, I don't, I'm talking, I'm like, why do you, are they instructional? Well, what are is they the, historic in nature? Well, this is the thing. It, are they, are they, like you say, are they instructional? They're probably not. No, I guess not. They're, they're probably going to be romance books or something like that, right? You would assume. But who knows? They, they might be instructional. This is one of those things where your brain goes off on like a nerdy tangent. Yes. And you're like, I want to know what books they are and what they're about and where they came from. <laughs> yeah. and Why they're reading them. Like, what, what are they getting from it? Yeah, and they're, they're pr- prominently on display on the bookshelf. And I'm like, people know they're lesbians. You don't yeah. need to advertise it. Well, it, you know, is it meant to be like coffee table books where you're just like, this is what I'm about? Yeah. Sort of thing, which is, you know, some people do have stuff like that. I guess so. It's a, it's a little bit too specific. I mean, my coffee table books are stuff like The Art of Yokotasha Amano, not like Heterosexuality 101. Maybe you do need some books so you could learn a thing or two. But I've often said that the one thing I would have loved in Friends would have been A Day in the Life of Susan and Carol. Yes. And this, that joke in particular about they, they have to do a course, otherwise they won't let you do <laughs> yes. it. Like, that's a crime example of why I want more Susan in Friends. Because she's hilarious. You just need Chandler to, to appear at this point, right? And then yeah. we'll go, hey, Chandler. <laughs> like, well, just imagine an episode of like Chandler and Susan throwing one-liners around. Like, it'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It'd be great. 
but alas, it never was. I, I feel like we could even have a tangent here, but being like, what titles could you have for these books? And it could be like, how to get a quality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe maybe you got a book title you can tell us. Tell us on our uh, Twitter and Facebook and email us and all that stuff. We'd like to hear them. We would. Ross doesn't spend long in the apartment. And uh, before we really see him leave, we're back at the main girl's apartment. And Ross is complaining about how Susan and Carol talk to the baby. Yeah, so like he finds it weird, uh, you know, talking to the, the unborn child. I mean, I can understand why you'd find it weird. It's an odd concept. And I guess he's got to deal with it being Susan doing it. So I, and I don't think that he's, that's his problem initially. I think initially he just thinks it's odd. Yeah. It's, like it's nonsensical why they're doing it. Which, which, which from Ross is an odd thing to say, because th- like he, he should be like, no, I totally understand why you would do this i i read that weekly magazine yeah about science and stuff right i mean given that i was aware of you know like playing classical music to babies is supposed potentially supposed to help calm them and potentially raise their iq and that kind yeah. of thing so there's lots of science about this kind of stuff it seemed odd to me that ross wouldn't know about it being the science nerd of the group well this is why they say like people like to have noise on when they sleep because when they were in the womb they've just got constant noise around them and that's why you know a silent room at night is disturbing to you yeah, I mean, I'm a city kid, grew up in the city, um, can pretty much hear main roads and motorways all the time, hmm. um, especially when I lived in the city centre. And then I remember going to an ex-girlfriend's family home in Pembrokeshire in Wales for a couple of weeks, and I couldn't sleep because there was just total silence. I had to put the radio on, so I can't get to sleep in this It's creepy. Yeah, I, I need police sirens and <laughs> yeah. stabbings outside. <laughs> Where's the crime happening? <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. Uh, I did like the way that, that Phoebe's like, hey, Ross, you should stick your head in the turkey and you know see how it sounds. So we... It's not even a callback. This is before, uh, you know, the whole turkey turkey head thing that comes along in the later series. It is, and you can't say turkey on your head to me without me thinking Mr. Bean. I've mentioned it no. before, and I'm like, I meant to research which came first. Was it Mr. Bean with the turkey in the head, or was it Friends? Because in my head, I kind of, I guess it's British comedy. I'm like, no, Mr. Bean did it first, even though I have no idea if that's true. No. The one thing I did like about this scene, and it's not even remotely relevant to the plot, is Ross's jumper while he's complaining. Okay. It looks so cosy. I was watching, I was like, I want this jumper. Look at it. Like, just you're having a bad day, and it's cold and rainy outside. You just get that jumper on, have some soup, and I would just, yeah. You'd, you'd be comfortable. Love it. Look, if she's talking to it, I just think I should get some belly time, too. You know? I mean, not that, not that I believe any of this. Oh, I believe it. I think the baby can totally hear everything. Really? I can show you. Okay, this will seem a little weird, but you put your head inside this turkey, <laughs> and then we'll all talk, and you'll hear everything we say. I just like to say I'm I'm totally behind this experiment. In fact, I'd I'd very much like to butter your head. Yep, <laughs> I moved on later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> should we do this next next Christmas? Yeah. Nominate one of the group to stick a turkey on. Head. <laughs> well, you know what? I think uh, if we ever get a Patreon. That should be a goal. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will put on Mark's head. <laughs> no, no, well. <laughs> he can wear a turkey. <laughs> I've got far too much hair to put a turkey on my head, Mark. It just it wouldn't uh, work. Yeah, I guess if we put butter into your hair, yeah, but it would be there for weeks. See, I can't do it, Mark. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah, just well, not practical. Kind of, I've, I've, got, I've got the beard and everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you're making it sound like I'm bald and, you know, ready to, <laughs> to grease up and just slip it in. No. <laughs> Not bald, far from it, just less hairy than me, to be yeah. fair. And the, but then, while all this is going on, Rachel arrives home, and he's sad because she didn't make enough money to go and see her family. Which is fair. Yeah, you would be upset. I mean, I don't know how she expected to get $100 in tips in a day, given 
I mean, I, that sounds a lot for any waitress, let alone an incompetent mm. one. Well, especially at a coffee shop. Like, you, let's say we we're talking like $5 a cup, 10%. You know, you're, you're talking like, you know, 200 cups of coffee just to, to get that tip. Yeah, and she's probably got most of those wrong as well. Yeah, <laughs> or they've yeah. been cold when they got there or spilt them or something's gone wrong at some point. Yeah. So I imagine tipping isn't, you know, a frequent thing for Rachel. No. But I, I wonder how many people she, she asked for tips as well. Given that it's Rachel, probably quite a lot. Because I, I, I feel like she, she wouldn't even be like the flirty kind. I feel like she would just take what she's given sort of thing. She wouldn't try to to push it further. No, you know, she gets what she gets. Yeah. Um, I love the way Rachel says shoop in this episode. Shoop, like, shoop, shoop. It's like shoop. really satisfying. Like I'd probably have it as a ringtone. <laughs> it's like, shoop, it's just, it's adorable. I just love it. It's great. Um, but while she's all down in the dumps and sad, uh, the gang present her with her post. That's really nice. Which contains, it's an envelope essentially full of cash so that Rachel can go see her family. Yep. Which is really, really sweet. Considering, you know, we, we learn later on, okay, Chandler's got money, Monica has money, Ross has money, but Phoebe doesn't. No. Um, so no but no, that's that's still a really nice sentiment to do. You know, at the same time, they kind of knew she might fail at this, I guess, if you look at it that way. I guess, like, once you find out she hasn't got the money, you're <laughs> yeah. like, hmm, what a surprise that Rachel failed at yep. her job. Um, but no, I mean, it's only $20 a piece. It's not, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, yeah, if one of you guys were like, oh, I'm desperate to go see my family, like, I think we'd all chip in 20 quid a piece and get you there. You, you think so? <laughs> I'm not sure our friendship group uh, would all chip in 20 quid. <laughs> I think I could convince them. Like, if any, we had any naysayers, I'd be like, nope, Mark needs to see his family. We're giving him 20 quid. Yeah. All the rest of us would just chip in more and then constantly shame the person who didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah, the more likely I feel that's the way you'd do it. You'd shame them <laughs> into doing it. Um, and then Chandler is presented with a bag of traditional snacks for his Thanksgiving. Uh, and then we write, get an inquiry from Rachel as to why Chandler does hate Thanksgiving. All right, I'm nine years old. Oh, the story. We've just finished this magnificent Thanksgiving dinner. I have, and I remember this part vividly, a mouthful of pumpkin pie. And this is the moment my parents choose to tell me they're getting divorced. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Very difficult to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner once you've seen it in reverse. Yeah, what a time to do that. I mean, I guess they weren't happy in their relationship and Thanksgiving is one of those high-pressure holidays and got them playing nice and pretend everything's great. I imagine the pressure of that day gets exhausting pretty quickly. Yeah, because I've had friends where they've like broken up uh, on their birthdays and stuff like that. I'm like, right, did you have to pick that day? Could you not just hold it in for another few more hours and wait till like, the next day? Yeah, you'd, like it's logically from the outside, you think you really could have waited a day or two. Yeah, but I imagine it's that pressure of, oh my God, it's a special day for this person or a special day in general that just adds the pressure and just heightens every single thing you now don't like about that person. And at this point, we don't know why they got divorced. No. And, you know, it, it comes out that uh, Chandler's dad uh, is a cross-dresser. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, is that the reason or, you know, is that later on? sort of thing yeah you also get the sense that Chandler's mum's a bit of a lush yeah. um, so I'm like is it infidelity is it both I don't know. <laughs> did, did she put on a dress and then she noticed <laughs> yes. like what went on yeah because we, we get to meet Chandler's mum in, in an episode coming up shortly yeah. and yeah she you can tell she's, she's very independent very potentially controlling I guess yes uh, so it'd be interesting I guess to find out you know why the divorce and you know obviously has been going on for a while and at Chandler's age, you know, he's probably thinking it's his fault as well. I don't know, sir. I mean, that's the problem with being a nerd, I guess, is that 
a lot of people would have watched Friends, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you are like us and sat there and went, exactly what happened? When did it happen? Give me more information. <laughs> yes. You're desperate to know. But one thing we do find out is that Chandler is a liar. Okay. He was not eating pumpkin pie when his parents told him to get divorced. We see this scene in a later episode, and he's in fact eating turkey, which makes way more sense given that it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. But yeah, Chandler is a little fibber. Okay. Yeah, because we find out, like, you know, he, he gets presented with a bag of traditional snacks for Thanksgiving. Uh, so, yeah, why would he be eating, you know, pumpkin pie over turkey? Yeah, uh, I guess they're traditional for Chandler, but it seems a very strong aversion to a holiday just because your parents got divorced. Yeah. Um, yeah, he needs to see a counsellor, I guess. Well, all the pilgrim holidays. Or, are there more than one? Uh, Christmas. Does that count? Guess so. I don't know what a pilgrim holiday is defined as. New Year's, maybe? I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I'm English. We will look, we will look this up we'll, we'll in look, the future. I, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be celebrating them anyway. Um, and then we move on and we find Joey uh, in the subway, and he's being very Joey. We, uh, we used to work together. We did? Yeah, at Macy's. You're the obsession girl, right? Yes. I was the Aramis guy. Aramis, Aramis, Aramis. Yeah, right. I gotta tell you, you're the best in the business. Get out. I'm serious, you're amazing. You know when the sprints, you know when the lay back. Really? You don't know what that means to me. Mm-hmm. You smell great tonight. Uh, what do you wear? Nothing. <laughs> Listen, uh, you want to go get a drink or something? Yeah. Oh, what's wrong? I just remembered I have to do something. Oh, what? Um, uh, leave. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You know, I've never had a woman say to me, I have to just leave. <laughs> I mean, it's direct. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's zero confusion about what's going on there. But th- this is very cringy all the way through. Like, she doesn't remember him. She, even though he explains who he is, she clearly goes, oh, I have no idea. But she, she falls for, like, the constant lines. Yeah, I mean, she falls for Joey because Joey's Joey. But you'd, you'd think if she's, like, that into him that quickly, she would remember the guy who she worked with for a period of time at least. Oh yes, and one thing I like about this this part, which you can't hear in the clip, but is when she uh, Joey says, "What are you wearing?" and she says, "Nothing." There's a moment where Joey looks really like bashful and like like, <laughs> yeah. like he's, he's got through like his charm, but he's like, "Ooh, like that's a sexy thing to say," and yeah. it's just cool seeing like Joey's like charming veneer shaking a little bit. Yeah, quite like that. Um, and then obviously the reason she has to leave, you won't see in the clip either because um, you can't see us. Um, but it's actually. We find out what the result of Joey's modelling job was earlier. He is now the face of VD. <laughs> Which is just like, I guess it was a possibility, you know? Now, I don't know what VD is. V- to my knowledge, I've only ever heard of it in South Park, venereal disease. Yeah. And I, I have to wonder, like, it can't be an American thing, but I've never, never, ever heard of, heard of it here, right? <laughs> I do that. You're like, do Americans have their own STDs? <laughs> Maybe, right? But it's, it's not a thing like people ever, ever bring up here. Yeah, I've heard it on, like, like say, South Park and Friends and a few other American shows. I'm like, why VD? Like... Yeah, I mean, I guess it could have been any other sexually transmitted disease, and you'd be like, it's still as embarrassing. Yeah. But maybe VD was in vogue back then. I don't know. But um, Joey must know 
that he was going for this. And they've just gone, yeah, you're going to be the face of VD. And he's like, VD sounds great. But when he mentions the job, he's like, oh, I hear Lyme disease is available. And Chandler's like, I hope you get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, but I find it odd because do people not realise that it's an advert? Like, did this woman not realise he's just been in a job? Would you actually think, oh, yeah, they got a guy with VD to be the face of VD? Potentially. Like, she's a bit dense if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, at, the, at the same time, if someone says, like, you know, I'm the face of VD, you're like, yeah, I, I'm going to question you now about that. Like, it was just a job. Like, I don't know. I think I'd be able to separate the two. Reminds me of a later episode where Joey starts dating a girl who basically thinks he is Dr. Drake from yes, Norway. Yes, yes. And he's a real guy. They're like, maybe like, they're, maybe they're friends. <laughs> at the same time, I still don't think she quite knows who, she, who he is. So seeing that, she's like, oh, red flag instantly. <laughs> like... I guess. I mean, in the poster, he looks very happy to have VD. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he, he was hoping for maybe a cancer or something like that, wasn't he? Where yeah. it's just like, feel sorry for me, not... Not I, sex disease. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what I was trying to about the poster is it's what Mario isn't telling you. Yeah. And I'm like, I know Joe is Italian-American, but could you have picked a more cliche <laughs> yeah. name? I mean, like... Yeah, he just needs a red cap on and some overalls and he's done, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really odd. Um, but that woman he was chained to is actually Lara Harris. Um, and she's been the face of various perfumes in the past, none of which I've heard of. because You've, you've heard of Oil Volé. When we buy it for my nan. Like, isn't that, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most like, glamorous sound in... Well, well there's one here, uh, Ultima 2, and I'm like, is that a video That's game? A MMO, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, these, these kind of guest stars are kind of weird, though. Because we've we've had on um, a supermodel, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've had on this woman who's the face of perfumes, and it's like they're, they're very weird people to have on, like because they're they're I guess they're famous for like something they've done. Why are they on Friends in these kind of roles, which are, are roles that anyone could kind of do? Yeah, how did they come about? Was it you know the the writing team or the production staff were like, oh, we can get this person in because she's currently. You know, like, I guess the most famous advertisement person in the UK would be Howard from the Halifax advert. <laughs> and if you were making a TV show, would you be like, oh, let's sneak Howard in? Well, yeah, maybe, like, back in 94, these people were on the face of lots of covers and magazines. And it being the first series, you want people to tune in for other reasons. Yeah. Same, same with the reunion, where they're like, David Beckham's on. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe fans of this woman doing perfume are going to come and watch this episode of Friends. Like... Yeah, but what's odd about this is that Jill Goodacre played Jill Goodacre. She was herself. Yeah. Whereas Lara is a character whose name we don't find, but she apparently works at a perfume store. So clearly she's not the face of a bunch of fancy perfumes no. in the canon of the show. So it's just really weird. I just don't understand that cameo in the slightest. No, it's odd. Uh, and then, because Joe is the face of VD, his family don't want him around at Thanksgiving. Well, I was going to say, so there's a whole scene here which doesn't really work in in podcast form because it's showing lots of Mario's posters everywhere yep. uh, including in Times Square and there's a song that plays over this scene uh, called Don't Stand So Close uh, which is by the police I only know this song from Glee oh okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like it's, it's a great song uh, Don't Stand So Close like you know title says it alright uh, the B side of the single in the UK was a song called Friends uh, the lead singer uh, of the police is Sting, whose wife Trudy Styler appears later in the series. And the drummer of the police is Stuart Copeland, whose uncle Hunter Copeland is married to Courtney Cox's mother. That's weird. Yes. <laughs> Seven degrees <laughs> of friend separation. I assume they just typed in, you know, song titles that were like, you know, 
being near someone or get away from me or whatever. And it's all just weird coincidence. But yeah, it's, it's there's a lot going on there. It's pretty strange. I guess for the younger audience, a B-side. <laughs> it's when you turn your podcast over. <laughs> you flip it around. So back in the day when physical media was still released, you'd have the single track and then you would flip the record and then the other side, the B-side, would have a different track on so it. So you'd have side one, side two, side A, side B. Yeah, and it's, that's what it was really. But if you're sitting there streaming you know, this on a off smartphone, you're probably like, what the hell are they talking about? What's a B-side? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, back back to the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, and Joey can't see his family, so he wants to spend it with the gang, as you'd imagine. But Joey's very specific about how he wants his potatoes, just like Ross was with his lumps. Well, this is the thing. So he he can't spend Thanksgiving with his family because he has. They think he's got PD as well. <laughs> Does everyone think this? Well, that's funny. Is we haven't met Joey's family yet, and it's an odd to me. Like being like, if Joey's got PD, it's a weird thing to not be supported by his family, but. At the same time, having met Joe's family later on, that's exactly what they do. I, I guess so, yeah. Hey, Monica, I got a question. I don't see any tater tots. <laughs> that's not a question. <laughs> My mom always makes them. It's like a tradition. You get a little piece of turkey on your fork, a little cranberry sauce, and a tot. <laughs> I mean, it's... Bad enough, I can't be with my family because of my disease. All right, fine. Tonight's potatoes will be both mashed, with lumps, and in the form of tots. <laughs> All right, I'm off to talk to my unborn child. Ah. Okay, mom never hit. So how do you prefer your mash? Mashed, no lumps. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want it like, up a little bit creamy. Like, yeah, I want mashed potato. But I do want to try what Joey has. And I do have the, the Friends official cookbook, which has loads of stuff, like, inspired by the series, I guess. Uh, I wonder if that's in there. I need to check. But you know, I, f- I feel like we should make some food. I'm very intrigued by this Friends cookbook. I feel like we need a Friends night once a week now where we, <laughs> one of us will make the other Friends food. Just, just go through the food, yeah. Yeah, work our way through. It's, I, d- I don't really do cookbooks. I, I will give you the Joey special. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound very appetizing. Well, so at the uh, Friends Fest, uh, they have like a, an area where you can eat and stuff. And they have um, different places that you can eat from. Like one's a hot dog, one does pizza and so on. And they have food that's themed on it. And you can order the Joey special there, which is just two pizzas. <laughs> but, you know, why not, right? Uh, they do have a, a bunch of themed stuff. But yeah, uh, tater tots, some cranberry sauce on. I mean, tater tots are very an American thing. You they don't are, really hear yes. about them outside of the States, but I've had tots. They're all right. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't complain if you put them on my plate. But yeah, let, let's, let's try some friends' food sometime. We should. I do like that everyone has a specific type of potatoes they like. We'll find out what Phoebe's are in a bit, I guess, because <laughs> yeah. that. But if I go to a, a Sunday roast uh, at the family home and there isn't mashed potatoes... Now, you should probably explain what a Sunday roast is to our American listeners. Well, I guess you don't have it. So essentially, it's basically a Thanksgiving dinner um, with some kind of roast meat. So ro- normally Every ro- Sunday. Every Sunday. And so I'd be roast pork, lamb, beef, chicken, whatever. You've got a roast meat and then there's normally vegetables and potatoes of some kind. Me and my sister act just like... Monica and Russ are outraged if we get to Sunday roast and there's no mashed potato. We've got like boiled potatoes or new potatoes. And I was like, what is this? You need that for the meat. I need the mashed potato. Yeah. The Sunday roast, it should have mashed potato. Yeah. Just- you can't just eat the meat by itself. Is it the same as like missing out on gravy? Well, of course you'd have gravy. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk madness, Mark. It's like fending our British sense of But like, I, we'll have any kind of potato. Obviously, roast potatoes are also important. 
Um, there's a there's a rule in my family um, where the roast potatoes get made, and then everyone gets a set amount of roast potatoes, and I'll have the rest of them. So we always make more. So if they know I'm coming down for Sunday roast, so especially like a big dinner, like a Christmas dinner, they'll make extra roast potatoes because I'll complain if I don't get more. <laughs> like everyone gets like say five. And then I'll get what's you, left. You just load up, yeah. Because if they let me choose my mashed potatoes, I will just take the bowl <laughs> next to my plate. <laughs> oh, mashed potatoes. Roast potatoes. See, they're the best kind of potatoes. Forget this with lumps and tater tots nonsense. Just mash them no, roast. And that's all you need. I, you know, you got the mash in the, the packet. That's always quite nice. Especially with a, a little bit of cheese put in there as well. Mash in a packet? Yeah, so you, you mix it with milk and it's instant mash. I know what it is, Mark. Yeah, yeah. It's just heresy. It, no, but, just... no, but it comes out great. And you add a little bit of cheese to it. So because I'm lazy, when I moved out of the family home, I, I haven't got the time to make actual mashed potato. So I'd buy... It's literally potato that you just squish. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like, I haven't got time for that nonsense. So I would buy ready-made mash from the supermarket. But it, it's not instant mash out of a bag. It's mashed potato that someone else has done the mashing. And I'm happy to pay for them to do that labour <laughs> so I don't have to do it. And trying to explain this to my family, it was like the most foreign concept in the world. And they were like... What do you mean? Instant mash? I'm like, no, it's not instant. Someone has mashed it for me and I've paid for it. And they couldn't work it out. I had to go and buy some and take it over for a Sunday roast. But then my family didn't trust the, the pre-mashed <laughs> potato. So they made their own mashed potato just in case mine was horrible. Even though it wasn't, it's just mashed it's, potato. It's just potato. I, I guess it's probably been frozen though, right? Probably. But you stick it in the microwave for four minutes, it's fine. Four minutes? Yeah. Oh, instant mash takes like 30 seconds. That's why it's awful. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It depends what type you get, right? Yeah. It depends. I hope no one is tuned in. It's halfway through. They'll be like, this is supposed to be about friends. <laughs> yeah. Not potatoes. Well, we're talking about food. That's, food. That's, okay. that's friends related. Joey would be happy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we then find out that Phoebe's wants her potatoes with peas and onions mixed into it. Yeah, that's we, odd. Just, no. no. Like, I know Phoebe's the weird friend, but she's going too far now. Yeah. Like just, I say, a tiny bit of cheese just for flavour. Maybe you might add like some pepper or, or whatever to season it. No cheese, Mark. A little bit of cheese. You don't, you don't like cheese. Cheese so, is so the that's devil. Fine. We're not going there. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can't have the jury special. You do not like no. cheese. Uh, but it, it's the fact that she plays the dead mum card. It's because Monica's not happy about making a third set of potato. But how can you say no when that's how someone's dead mum used to make it? Oh, well, yeah. But... This uh, whole conversation is interrupted by Chandler bursting into the apartment to tell them that Underdog has broken loose and he's floating free over the sea. Yeah, so I, I don't know who Underdog is. No, me neither. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've seen, like, clips, because they always show, like, Parade, the New York Parade, Thanksgiving, in, like, films. So it's in, uh, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger film where he's Turbo Man? Jingle All The Way. Jingle All The Way. Great film. Absolutely love it. Yep. Fantastic. Um, they, they have, like, the parade there going through and like i want to go it looks amazing and there's the there's the the classic time where sonic the hedgehog in the mid 90s uh he got caught on a lamppost and burst (laughs) (laughs) so so, 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 yeah there's there's a there's a clip out there where they're filming like sonic come along but it was quite a windy day and he's being blown around and like they can't control it and his face hits a lamppost and you see the lamppost go into it and then it just pierces it and he just deflates onto (laughs) Onto the corner. I mean, it's quite the omen for the way the Sonic franchise eventually I went, guess. to be fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but then we then go to Ross, who is at Carol's apartment, and he's going to talk to the baby. Okay, here we go. Oh. Okay, where, where am I talking to here? I mean, uh, 
Well, there is one way that seems to offer a certain acoustical advantage, but... Just aim for the bump. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, here goes. No, I, you know, I can't do this. Uh, this is... It's too weird. I, it, I, I feel stupid. All right, so don't do it. It's fine. You don't have to do it just because Susan does it. So his joke about the acoustical advantages is both funny and horrible at the same time. <laughs> it's wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, what's he saying about Carol down there, I guess? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think that's funny. That, that to me is, is my, uh, you know, joke for the show, I guess. My joke. My joke. That's fair. My, mine's coming up. It's, uh, it's a similar scene, but uh, it's later on in the show, to be fair. Um, but yeah, so what I like about this is that Russ feels like an idiot. But we'll find, you know, finally the next episode of Friends, he won't talk to an unborn baby, but he's fine chatting to a monkey. Yes. Which is just, <laughs> all right, Russ, get your priorities right. Um, but obviously, Russ is still very competitive and has issues with Susan. Yep. And the discovery that Susan can do it makes find, Russ find the determination that he can, in fact, talk to the bump. Yeah. Um, him and Susan is a really interest, interesting dynamic. Like, we've, we've spoken about this a lot. Like, she gets treated fairly badly in this. And okay, there's, there's, a lot of it is, comes across from her. Like, the whole earlier scene where they're looking for the skull. She's just super sarcastic to him. She it's, is. And it's like, I get it. Like, Ross isn't very nice to you. At the same time, like, you kind of need to be a bit understanding about how Ross feels about this because he's very delicate. Yeah, we've, we've been into it before about their relationship and how it's so aggressive, I guess, and aggravated all the time. And it's strange. Cause I, can, I can see both sides. Obviously, you understand why Ross is upset and wouldn't like Susan because she's the woman that stole his woman. Yep. Um, and then at the same time, Susan's always going to be aware that, you know, Ross is the father of what turns out to be Ben and was always her Carol's first love. And there's a lots of kind of like competition there, I guess. Yep. Um, I guess to me, it would have been, you'd think they'd move past it faster than they do. Uh, especially in Ross's case, because he's not really in love with Carol anymore, and he's clearly all smitten with Rachel. Yeah. So you think he'd get over it? Uh, maybe I'm just maybe I let things go too quickly. I don't know. Um, but it, it does create fun moments, like with with them back and forth, because you know Susan gives as good as she gets, if not better. Yeah, Susan's hilarious. Like yeah. again, I'm sad that we don't see more of them because Susan's always funny. She's always quick weird. I almost feel like. Ross and Susan would be have been great friends if Carol hadn't got in the way. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe, yeah. Like... Actually, her and Chandler, like, they would either be best friends or enemies just because, like, they would be able to go, like, toe-to-toe joke-wise. Yeah, I get the sense that neither one of them would let the other one have the last joke. So yeah, we... <laughs> it would get very inappropriate until someone gets upset. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just like, imagine them firing jokes across Central Park, being exhausted that they've got to try and compete <laughs> with the other one. So I guess you can only have one Chandler in the group. <laughs> yep. But we leave the acoustical advantage baby talking and go back to the apartment and discover the underdog was shot down. First saw the giant dog shadow fall over the park? Yeah, but did they have to shoot him down? I mean, that was just me. <laughs> okay, right about now, the turkey should be crispy on the outside, juicy on the inside. <laughs> Why are we standing here? We're waiting for you to open the door. You've got the keys. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. When we left, you said, got the keys. No, I didn't. I asked, got the keys? 
No, no, no. You said got the keys. Now, this is the, the funny thing about Phoebe. She's right. Shooting down a dog, a cartoon dog, <laughs> <laughs> when there's loads of kids watching it, uh, is bad just, just visually. And then I'm like, those bullets have got to come down somewhere. Yeah, that bullet's going to have to stop yeah. at some point. I assume it hit a building and it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. So we, didn't, we don't hear about it later in the episode. So, no, you know, there no. was an act, accidental victim of the defeat of Underdog. Yeah. Um, because I guess, yeah, it could be flying uh, over towards one of the many airports around New York. Yeah, I mean, that'd be why they shot it down. You wouldn't just be like an overzealous cop who's like, I can finally shoot the dog. Well, we, we don't know, right? <laughs> we don't know. There are a lot of airports there, so I imagine that's where it got taken out. Um, but I guess the more important issue, really, aside from Phoebe's issues with giant balloons being <laughs> dog, shot. Dog murdering. Yeah, dog yeah. murdering. Is that they're now locked out of the apartment? Yes. Which is probably the only time, or one of only a few times in the whole of Friends, that that apartment door's actually locked. Yep. It's never locked. The amount of times Joey and Tony storm in at all times of day and night and morning, I'm just like, why is it locked now? Yep. How does their door work? Is it, are they normally just sitting there with the latch off? I assume so, right? Which is, you know, especially in New York, mid-90s, not the safest thing to do, let alone even now, right? I don't know. I mean, I moved into the city centre and my apartment door was always locked. Uh, I grew up in quite a rough area, rough area where my door is never locked. It's open right now. You, 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 you could walk in. Um, logic being that no one's daft enough to walk into a stranger's house. Okay. That's very interesting logic there. Yeah, that's what my ex thought. She was just make any sense. Like the first yeah. night in the apartment, I was double checking the door. And she's like, the door was never locked back at your nan's. And I was like, but I don't know who lives in this building. Video Death Loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. You can jump in on any episode, no need to worry about continuity. Check out Video Death Loop on the Greenlit Podcast Network with new episodes every Friday. There are a lot of podcasts with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry, but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is. And the best. We've been ranking comic books stories for six years we have a list with over a thousand comics on it and we're adding more every month more rocket ajax on the greenlit podcast network so yeah i think the line got the keys is saying a lot of friends fans will say to people like got the keys got the keys i don't know i've always got my keys but I guess we don't live together. <laughs> no, no. no if don't. I had your keys, that would be confusing. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm sure there's couples who are like, got the keys? What do you mean by that? I guess. I mean, we then found, found out, as they were all arguing outside, about a misunderstanding between Rachel and Monica over who had the keys. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Again, um, my favorite part of this entire scene, though, is that Joe remembers that the boys have got a copy of the girl's key. Uh, he mentions it, and Monica screeches at him to go and get it, which Joe is... I guess unusually sassy response is that tone won't make me go any faster, <laughs> yeah. which almost sounds like a Chandler line. <laughs> like, yeah. It's really odd for Joey to do it. It's like, I'm like, oh. And then obviously she shouts at him again and he realizes he needs to go and get the keys because Monica is not happy. No. But to interject here, there's a little bit of weird, I guess, friends trivia is that in the episode with the East German laundry detergent, we've already heard the story of how Underdog got away. Which I guess maybe someone on the production team or got confused the order in which episodes were going to be shot. Well, it might be that things have been changed around just because of the, the studios. Like there's loads of famous examples where you know vital endings have been swapped around and stuff. 
And we can see here, like, they were filmed in different order because Rachel doesn't have the, the Rachel haircut yeah. yet. True. Um, so, you know, it might be like they, they filmed it in different order because these, these episodes don't need to match. They're just they're self-contained. There's nothing in there that leads on from another. And then I think, to me, if you, if you watch the East German Lilgen episode, Rachel's a lot more insecure and confident in who she is and she's clearly new at this independent lifestyle. Whereas in this episode, she seems very, very much on that path. So I feel like if you were to put them in reverse order, it would be weird now. You think so? Because in my mind, like, we've already shown that she's like a terrible waitress. And so, you know, if you put this episode before the East German Laundry one, that would make sense. Because like, oh, she's like absolutely terrible. She's like, she's feeling pretty down. And that's where she, she becomes like stronger, right? I guess. Maybe that would kind of work. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so used to it being in this order. Yeah. It seems odd to be in any other. Yeah, but who knows why it got swapped around? Because we've we've already discussed um, about how Joey broke his arm in one of the episodes. We did that in the reunion episode, uh, and so you know, there's there's reasons why things change. And I guess for this one, if it's gone on longer or taken longer to film, whatever, um, you know, there's reasons to swap it around. Yeah, who knows? But then we return to Ross, who's now telling the baby his entire life story, and he starts to sing to the baby as Susan gets home. And then the baby kicks. <laughs> right in his face. <laughs> which is such a, a weird phenomenon. Like, it might be a weird male thing to be freaked out by the idea of feeling a child kick. Do you know why? Because you're thinking of, like, alien. <laughs> I am. Like, like, there's a life form growing inside you and you can have, feel like it's physical impact. It's just, ugh. It just freaks me out. I mean, I don't have any kids, so I've never, you know, I haven't spent a whole lot of time around pregnant women. And the ones I have, I've never been, you know, close enough to to talk to their uterus. <laughs> well, well you're, doing it, you're doing it wrong if you're doing that but but yeah because there's there's two types of people in this world there's the ones who are like see a pregnant person and have to touch them without any question and then there's like me and you who are like they're pregnant I should probably keep far away from that because I do not want to cause any damage yep and plus I'll probably avoid most pregnant people because all they want to talk about is how hard it is being pregnant and I'm like I mean I'll never experience it but people have been doing it for thousands of years I'm sure it's fine <laughs> and and George going you got pregnant congratulations uh, I can't even meet women but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Ross starts to sing after the kick and him and Susan and Carol's excitement and he carries on singing and he's singing I think it's to the, is it the beach boy no, the monkeys yep. that's the theme and what does he go hey I'm your daddy I'm not about any breasts <laughs> yeah. which that is my joke of the show that's that your is. joke of the show is it okay let's go for it my joke it's my joke it's just, it's just the, the two A things. It's so funny. Yep. I guess, you know, if he does need to separate, you know, the three of them, it's a good way of doing it. Well, you do this quite a lot. You make up songs, and I've, I've heard a few of them. I have been told I do this. It's yes. not something I'm really that conscious of doing when I'm doing it. You do. You, you make up songs, like, either based off a song or a beat or whatever, and, like, they're, they're generally quite funny. And, like, that's what he's done there. He's just taken, like, that song and just, like, put his own lyrics that kind of it you know the more we get through this podcast like the less i think like i think i'm chandler and the more we talk into this episode i'm like am i actually russ yeah. <laughs> maybe you are <laughs> if you're not to uteruses <laughs> maybe you are crazy uh, but then we cut back to the apartment after we finish with all the sing songs um and for, <laughs> the boys do have a copy of monica's key they also have a copy of several hundred other keys. Yeah, it's like a janitor's like ring of keys. Like they don't know that many people. Why do they like as Monica asked, why do they have so many keys? I mean, that makes sense to me. Like everyone has that drawer in the house where stuff just gets thrown in. Yes, you have the man drawer where you're like, I need to keep this and especially a key, you're like, it's gotta be something important. 
I'll keep it. And then four years later, you're like, I don't know why I have this. It's probably from four houses ago. Yeah, but I, I won't throw keys away. Because you, you know you'll need it. I, I'll try it in every single one. I occasionally clean out the man drawer. I will take every key in it and try it on every lock in the house. Right. Because then I'm like, right, it doesn't matter what it unlocks, because whatever it unlocks, I've not got all of lost. So I can throw the key away. Yeah. But I won't throw a key away until I know it doesn't unlock anything in the whole house. But I bet you don't have the the whole key ring, I guess. <laughs> no, there's not, there's not dozens. It's no. probably like five or six yeah. keys. Norm, probably, I guess what they're probably normally for is for padlocks for gym lockers that I've stopped using because I don't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got all of these subscriptions going out. I want to quit the gym. <laughs> I'll buy padlocks. I love a collection of unused padlocks. Uh, but eventually, the gang get inside the apartment and it's filled with smoke. Because everything is my responsibility. Is that, I mean, isn't it enough that I'm making Thanksgiving dinner for everyone? You know, everyone wants a different kind of potato. So I'm making different kinds of potatoes. I mean, does anybody care what kind of potatoes I want? No! No, no! You know, just as long as Phoebe gets her peas and onions and Mario gets his tots and it's my first Thanksgiving and I... Hey, Monica, only dogs can hear you now. So. Look, the door's open. Here we go. Oh, oh. Well, turkey's burnt. Potatoes are ruined. Potatoes are ruined. Potatoes are ruined. You know, I think Chana gets off on knowing that he's right. You know, because he says, like, you know, now this feels like Thanksgiving. I guess, yeah. And, and he's like, yes, I was right. We should have done it my way and not, not done any of this. I mean, he's really mean to Monica at this bit because she's yeah. getting upset. And rather than comforting her, he just basically only dogs can hear you. Yes. And it's, it's not a comforting or particularly funny thing to say. It's just <laughs> quite sarcastic and mean, really. Yes. Uh, character for Chandler, I guess, a little bit. Considering, like, the, the apartment, you know, is filled with smoke, everything's kind of ruined. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm surprised Joey's not more sad the food's ruined. I don't think he cares. He, he'll eat anything, right? He's just always trying to be like, why is he more upset that the potatoes are ruined, the potatoes are ruined, the potatoes are ruined? I'm like, why, God, why? Yeah, yeah just trip. like, now what am I going to eat? Uh, we also find out that Rachel then quickly jumps on the phone to see if her plane has left, which is such a retro thing to have to do. Yes. Like, now, if we jumped on the phone to see if our plane had left, we'd be doing an app, yeah. <laughs> not making a phone call. And she finds out that her plane has left. Now she's stuck spending thanksgiving with the gang basically yes unfortunately she has to spend it with these people that she sees every day and yes a lot probably likes more than her family but <laughs> but, but she's not going shoop, shoop, she's not, shoop. No, she's not going shoop unfortunately no shooping um and that's when essentially with a giant argument Chandler does feel like it's finally thanksgiving at last yeah and i'm never sure if this is meant sarcastically or whether he's trying to lighten the mood or if he's just being Chandler. no like i say i i think he's just going i was right you know thanksgiving is terrible and I've proven it. And, and you know, he probably is right, because most... Isn't, like, Thanksgiving is, like, one of the worst uh, times of year for, like, assaults and stuff like that in America? Oh, really? It's something like that. And, uh, yeah, everyone has Christmases where it's just, like, it's never what you want it to be. There's always arguments or something. Because, like you say, these are stressful days. True. I mean, I guess family are bad enough, but with friends, you don't have to be quite as polite. <laughs> if they're annoying, you can't just tell them. Yeah. Um, Okay, imagine if our core group tried to have any kind of large meal together that one of us was going to prepare. It would be a disaster. Yep. I, mean, I don't know who the best cook out of us is. I'm going to assume it's you or me. Potentially. But then there would be other friends that would be like, 
Oh, I want my mashed potato with lumps of peas in it. Or friends that told told us they wanted dinner, but wouldn't give us any specific information as to what they wanted. Yes. And then upset when they're eating the dinner. They go, I wish I got what he got. (laughs) True. Um, But then we see the gang all sat around the apartment, basically sulking and looking at each other in just quite an awkward scene, really. Which, it seems odd for, I mean, we bicker occasionally, but for the most part, most kind of, you know, issues pan out pretty quick well phoebe shouldn't be like that upset because she's a a vegetarian yeah so her food's fine i would assume so she she can eat yeah uh you know joey should be fine there's there's lots of burnt food to eat so yeah like they they're all a bit upset like monica has genuine reason to be very upset everyone else should just be like oh i guess we'll do something else then i mean as long as the roast potatoes were okay (laughs) you're fine yeah yeah. (laughs) but then phoebe spots that ugly naked guy He's taking the turkey out of the oven. Ew! What? Ugly naked guy's taking his turkey out of the oven. (laughs) Oh my god. He's not alone. Ugly naked guy is having Thanksgiving dinner with ugly naked gal. (laughs) Gotta see this. Alright, ugly naked guy. Naked dancing. <laughs> it's nice that he has someone. Two ugly naked people does not make me want to run to the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I mean, it is quite sweet that ugly naked guys found an ugly naked girl. Um, I still feel really sorry for them and kind of know what, want to know what they look like. Ugly naked people, I guess. But I know that like the, the core cast of friends are all very attractive. But, like, do they see themselves as attractive? This same met in my brain got watching this right, episode. Okay, it was yeah, just like, so, it's like in Mean Girls, like, so admit it, you think you're really beautiful. It's like, do they think they're all hot? Like, we know Joey does. Yep. But do the rest of the gang think they're hot? And if so, how ugly, just how ugly is ugly naked guy? Well, we, we see him from behind. We do. And he used to be attractive naked guy. True, he did. So, so he's basically just fat naked guy, really. Let himself go. Um, how, you have to wonder, though, how he's convinced a woman to be naked in his apartment just just wandering around uh, whilst they have Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to spill the hot gravy if I was naked. Like, a, like I assume he's met her either at like a nudist something or other, right? Like, it's, it's a weird thing for you to be like, hi, uh, I like to be naked. And you should have to be. I mean, if you turn up to dinner in clothes, open the door and he was stood there naked, yeah. you'd have to be very outgoing to stay. Or, you know, you turn up and he's like, all right, I'm just going to undress now in front of you. You would not assume he's like a nudist. You would assume the worst, right? Probably. No, it's never <laughs> happened, but yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, I wouldn't hang around well, to find out. I'd be well, done. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel for you. If a woman just got naked in front of you, you'd be like, sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's different when you... Yeah. <laughs> well, then we cut back to the gang uh, after they kind of remembered the spirit of Thanksgiving by seeing two ugly naked people dance. Um, you know, yeah, they all they all hug each other and pat each other on the back and stuff. It's quite a nice moment that you know, Uncle Naked Guy managed to reconnect our friends, and then we see them having a untraditional Thanksgiving dinner, I guess, making the most of it. Yes, and uh, Chandler's taken charge because you know, now Thanksgiving's great for him apparently because he's like, we had a giant argument, now we're going to eat. I like the holiday at last. Um, and this bit I find really weird is where there's the last sandwich and Monica and Joey split it as if it's a wishbone. Which I didn't realise was a thing in America. For some reason, I'd assume that cracking a wishbone was an English thing. No, I think it's fairly common. Fair enough. Um, and one of the best joy moments, I think, of all time is they split it. And 
Joey gets the bigger half. And it's like, Phoebe says, what did you wish for? And it's like, the bigger half. Which I love the idea that, for some reason, everyone at this table seems to accept the superstition that you could have make a wish. And Joey thinks this is real. And he wastes the wish on a bigger sandwich. Yeah. But then to everyone apart from Joey in the room, that's a perfectly valid wish. Yeah. But at the same time, like, he would have to make the wish come true before he gets the bigger sandwich. Like... Well, I assume he wished as he touched it, and then they pulled it. But then you're only supposed to make the wish once you win. Yes, yeah, that's, that's so, my, yeah. My, my, my feedback loop, I guess. <laughs> this is like, you found the wishbone paradox in France. <laughs> yes. like, what's happening here? Uh, but yeah, it, it, at first I didn't even know what they were like cutting up, and then I was like, oh no, Chandler is there cutting up sandwiches. Yep. So I was like, actually, I probably prefer like a Thanksgiving where it's just normal food. It's the same with when you get on, on an airplane. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, today for your flight, we have lobster bisque with, you know, this on it and that on it. And like, can I just have a hamburger? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I guess the best thing about, I guess, Thanksgiving and, you know, Christmas is that you have the big meal, but then there's always leftovers for sandwiches afterwards. I guess so. So I feel like they're skipping a bit. This is a Birmingham thing I've noticed where families are for Christmas, they make sure that they never run out of food. So they order so much food mm-hmm. that there is enough food for weeks. Oh, yeah, and you have you order the turkey that's too big for the family because yeah. you know you won't eat it. So the day after, you can have leftover turkey sandwiches. Not just the day after, the week, the month, <laughs> the year. Well, you don't want to run out on Christmas Day, do you? I feel like, you know, if people get a little of everything, that's fine. I'm never coming to Christmas dinner. No, 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 <laughs> don't, like, don't. Can, I, I don't like traditional Christmas dinner anyway. You can come to Christmas dinner at mine and eat as little or as much as you like. Well, that depends, right? Because you'll be there going, my potatoes. <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> you can have one. No, I'll make communal roast potatoes, right. but there'll be like the whole uh, tray of Ryan's roast potatoes. There will be a buffer. <laughs> yeah, there'll be yeah. Like, I'll have my own table to sit at. Yeah. <laughs> with my own feast. <laughs> uh, but then Chanda then proposes a toast uh, and tells him all that he's had an oddly great Thanksgiving. Um, because I guess it's more traditional for him. Yeah. Uh, and then Ross agrees to send him and says, well, here's to a lousy Christmas. And Rachel replies with, and a crappy New Year. Which, all New Year's are crap. Like, when Rachel said this, I was just like, New Year's suck anyway. Yeah, you have high hopes for it, and you realise, actually, it's not a great evening out. Uh, I remember being young, and it being the turn of the millennium, and my cousin being really excited that it was the millennium. And I was like, it's just another day. I never liked New Year. I never have as a kid hated New Year's. Was the point? And she was really excited it was the Millennium. And I remember the, like all the fear over the Millennium bug and all the weird concerns we had at the time. I was really like, I don't care. It's going from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand. Like it's not going to change my life in the slightest. Yeah, but you had the Millennium bug. That was exciting. Seeing if your computer is going to work the next day and if everything in the world was going to break and kill us all. Yeah, I wasn't much of a concern. No. <laughs> <laughs> How old would I have been? Uh, what? Like fourteen, yeah. I think it, I think the news played it up a bit. Oh, they did, but I was like, well, you know, as long as I've got and I'm a Game Boy. Works, <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, as long as your Game Boy works. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my Pokemon save has reset. <laughs> yeah, look, I had all the starters now. <laughs> uh, and then we get a nice little credit tease at the end, I guess. And Joey's back in the subway with his uh, face of VD poster. Yep, and he starts tearing the poster away. And he reveals a few other things underneath. Um, At least kind of progressively, I guess. They're still just as bad as having VD. Uh, The first one is bladder control problems. Which, to be honest, I kind of think is worse than VD. You you, you think? 
Like, I don't want either. But, like, VD, you can get treated and off it away it goes. It's a temporary problem. But bladder control problems could be a permanent thing. It is, but you see the adverts on TV now, and they make it seem like everyone has it. And now I look at everyone else, and I'm like, <laughs> did they have it? Are they <laughs> because again, tenor lady? <laughs> yeah, because they're all attractive people again, right? And you're like, they look young and attractive. Everyone has it. <laughs> except, except, they wetting themselves? Yeah, except me. Like, <laughs> like what's going on here? Well, I'm just like, I guess long term, I'm like, right. If I met someone and they had some kind of infection, I'm like, right, they can treat it and get rid of it. End off. We don't have to bring it back up. But if they continually wet the bed, that's going to be way more annoying. <laughs> I, I guess the worst would be if you, you know, you're a couple and you start touching their bum and then you have the crinkly feel. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> no. no, I'm not interested. <laughs> They've got a diaper on. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, then the next thing we see, we can't actually see because the credits get in the way. It's yeah. just for like stop max, and then I can't make out what the next. And word I is. don't know what it would be. No, because what what's maximum that you'd want to stop? Yeah, maybe it's like a really obvious advert that existed in the states or something, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. we just have no idea. Okay. Just culture shock, uh, and then it gets hemorrhoids, which is not that embarrassing, really. I mean, I probably wouldn't want to be the face of it, but yeah, but it's you know, if you've got hemorrhoids, like. I don't think it's too bad. It's a step up from VD, I it's, guess. It's, I guess. I guess what I'm saying is, is, is it's not something that's really contagious. No, it's just inconvenient. Yes, yeah. And then finally, we get to the winner of Free Tony Awards, <laughs> yes. which, which Joey quite likes. He's like, oh, awards. <laughs> uh, except for I'm thinking about all the millions of posters <laughs> all around New York. That... <laughs> yeah, he does only fix the one he's <laughs> yes, stuck, to yes. be fair. <laughs> and okay, he's, he's seen next to it because that's the, the subway he gets, right? Yes, but but yeah, I'm just thinking. There's millions around everywhere. You're in Times Square, like you know, you're the face. Of, and and even like the free Tony Awards. Yeah, okay, that's nice. But they're still going to be like, let's call this Mario guy. Yeah, like we need to cast Mario. He seems yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's still not getting a call. Yeah. I mean, they could call Estelle, and he still wouldn't get a call. To be fair, no. she's not the best agent in the world. Uh, but I I do like these endings where there's there's no kind of dialogue. It's just all comic. Yeah, it's good. Just nice to end the show on a, a high point. Uh, I quite like this sh- this episode. I think it's it's just a fun filler. I think my brain always sees it as a nothing episode, but I still enjoy it. I'm not bored during it. I'm just kind of like, it's not one that stands out to me as, I don't know, if you're going to put your top 10 Friends episodes together, this wouldn't be in it. Well, this is the first time we have a Thanksgiving episode, which um, is fairly a regular occurrence. Yeah, I guess. I, I can't remember if there is 10 Thanksgiving episodes, but it wouldn't surprise me. Most Most TV shows, like Simpsons Halloween specials, they have like... Uh, a season that they pick and they're like right every you know every year we're going to do an episode on halloween or thanksgiving or christmas or whatever i mean it's not a holiday that i'm particularly you know i've got no connection to so no i want i really want to go to one though i think it'll be a lot of fun just to see you know the food they have and how they celebrate and you know thanksgiving sounds like a lot of fun with especially with friends rather than family just just like a really really fun day um and what's close that next Thanksgiving, all our listeners can sit around the table and we say they're thankful for watching Friends Podcast. They can be, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then they can also invite us and then we would politely decline because that's scary. I'd go. If, it, go. if it meant free food, I'd be there. Yes, de- definitely, Joey. Like a, part of, a, of, a part of New York, not New York, I'm obsessed with New York, a part of America I've not been to before. I'd be like, hmm, where do we want to go? <laughs> Just come down to our basement in our shack. In fact, you can plan it now, listeners. Make sure the devils are in town. We'll go to a <laughs> Thanksgiving NHL, episode, uh, NHL game and you can feed me afterwards. And we'll watch a Friends episode with you. Look at that. Bam. Look yep. at that. Sorted. <laughs>
This is where an offer arrives, and we're both like, whoa, this is creepy and scary. We may not come back for next episode. So we have a new host. podcast. Yeah, no, I quite like this episode. It's it's fun. Like, it's... It, I guess you could say it's slightly forgettable, but uh, I quite like it. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, there aren't many, if any, bad episodes of Friends. It just isn't one of my favourites. Yeah. But uh, I guess that wraps it up for yet another week. It does, yes. Where can we find you, Mark? You can find me at fuzzballs.co, where I draw lots of cute kawaii animals and uh, turn them into comic strips and put them on merch, like T-shirts and mugs, like that. So you can find me at the Fuzzballs on Twitter and Facebook. So check that out. Make sure you like, subscribe, etc. All the snazzy things you yep. want them to do. And where can they find our podcast, Mark? Uh, they can find us at Watch Friends Pod, also on Twitter and Facebook. We really would love for you to join us and follow us. Uh, Ryan here is going to be posting lots of memes and friends, facts and trivia and all sorts of stuff at uh, random. I've graciously accepted the honour of Meme Master <laughs> yeah. for the podcast. Uh, so he's going to be doing that. So, you know, a fun thing to follow, get involved with. And, you know, send us your messages. Like, get involved in the podcast. Tell us, like, what you liked about this episode, what you didn't like, you know, what you're looking forward to, to hearing hearing about stuff like that yeah let me know what your kind of favorite favorite kind of potatoes are and if you are not on the social medias you can always visit our website at watchingfriends.com and there's a contact form on there and you can write to us and that's where you can send your invites for thanksgiving <laughs> uh maybe uh tell us a bit more about yourself so we uh, are not too scared of you and tell us if you have feedy or not yeah maybe include a criminal background check <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that might be helpful uh ryan would like to know uh what sort of gun you have as well because he's really into guns i mean that makes me sound like a scary one <laughs> yes <now>. it does <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, if you're also looking for other places to find me, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk on the Critical Geeks podcast and the upcoming Hype from Out of Heaven podcast as well. So yeah, we'll see you in a week's time, every Friday. Same time, same place. Yep, on your normal podcast catchers. See you then, goodbye. Toodle pip.